after the Epiphany. Uh, for all of our friends who are worshiping with us online, welcome to you too. Uh, I ask you to, if you wouldn't mind, to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find under the resources tab a, uh, a link to the bulletin for the service. You can follow along. And also there's a link there for the, for, to give your offering to the Lord in his church. And feel free to do that under the Give tab there on our homepage. I have a few announcements as I usually do before worship today. Uh, just a reminder to make sure to sign up your table or to come as an individual for Trivia Night, which is Saturday, the, March, uh, the 5th of March. All proceeds from Trivia Night benefit our mission partners. You can sign up a table or as, a, as an individual at the table in the Commons area, or you can sign up to volunteer to help out a little bit. Feel free to do that. Also on that table are a few of the items that, that are there for the silent auction. So there's, there's a section uh, for silent auction as well. So I encourage you to come March 5th, Saturday, that benefits our mission partners. Today, after this service, we will be hosting our annual marriage anniversary celebration right here in the sanctuary, and we invite all married couples and their families uh, to come, and, and the couples will renew their wedding vows, and we will all celebrate the special gift of marriage that God has given. If you've got a special wedding photo, if you brought that with you today, I uh, hope you put that on the table out there in the commons area. It's always good to see those, those wedding day pictures. Love to see that. Um, again, that's today right after this service, uh, uh, right around 12 or so. And in our prayers today, we will remember the family and loved ones of Phil Hine, who died in the Lord this past Monday. Visitation with Phil's family will take place here at Chapel of the Cross on Wednesday, February 16th at 10 a.m. until the time of the funeral, which is Wednesday at 11 a.m. We certainly pray for God's peace and comfort be given to Phil, Phil's family. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together our opening hymn, Praise the Almighty, as it's printed for you on page two in your bulletin. And we stand to sing it together.
Since we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ our Lord, let us with confidence draw near to God that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your loving kindness. In your great mercy, wash away our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Do not remove us from your presence. Do not take your spirit away. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your spirit. God is merciful and gracious, granting forgiveness through Jesus Christ to all who confess their sin. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks be to God. hungry, the weeping, and the persecuted. Mercifully hear the prayers of your people when they call upon you, and give us faith to believe your kingdom belongs to the humble of heart. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, 
who with you and the Holy Spirit are one God, world without end. Amen. A reading from Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wastelands. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. This is the word of the Lord. We read responsively Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. But the way of the wicked A reading from 1 Corinthians. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not yet been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of all those who have fallen asleep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
We rise in body and in spirit for the reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Jesus went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him, because power was coming from him and healing them all. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how the fathers also treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for the sermon this day is that psalm appointed for the day, Psalm 1. We read that responsibly a few minutes ago. I'd like to read that again so that's fresh in our minds. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. In the name of Jesus, Christian friends, that psalm, Psalm 1, it's a very interesting psalm. It's a psalm that talks about contrasts. It's a psalm that's, that's very clear and, and truly it's very blunt. It's a psalm that talks about good and evil and offers that choice to God's people, good or evil, and there's no middle ground there. Psalm 1 talks about the Lord approving righteousness and disapproving unrighteousness. Talks about the blessings of knowing the Lord and the condemnation and the judgment and the consequences that belong to those who don't. Psalm 1 is honest and it's strong and it's about as straightforward as you can get. And when you take a look at that psalm again, as you, as you hear that psalm, maybe the first word that kind of pops out at you is that word, blessed. Blessed is the man who, or blessed is the person who. Well, we've heard that word, blessed, before, haven't we? In fact, we've heard it quite a bit this morning. We heard it in the Old Testament reading from Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. We heard that in the gospel reading for today from Luke chapter 6. It's that sermon on the plain, as we sometimes call that. That's a parallel to Jesus' sermon on the mount, where we also hear that wonderful little word, blessed. It's in the Beatitudes. This Beatitude here in Psalm 1, before he goes into what the blessed man does, begins by saying what the blessed person does not do. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of mockers. Notice those verbs that the psalmist uses. The blessed one does not walk or stand or sit in those places. The blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He, he does not shape his conduct after the principles of the godless ones. He does not listen to or follow the wisdom of this sinful world. He does not run his life according to the advice given to, those by, given to him by those who have come loose from their God. Next, the, the, the psalmist says, the blessed man does not stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't take a stand there. He doesn't establish himself there in the sinner's practices and his deeds and his actions. That's not where the blessed person stands. And third, the blessed man does not sit in the seat of mockers. That is, with those who scorn and scoff at his religion. He does not join in with those who are mockers of God. 
Those are the things that the blessed person does not do. But this is the, what a blessed man does. The psalmist says he delights in the law of the Lord. In fact, the blessed person is like a tree, the psalmist says. He or she is like this tree, which is planted by a stream, bringing forth its fruit, a beautiful, fruitful, living tree. Now, I don't know if you've, you've ever noticed that when, when you're flying in an airplane, if you ever kind of peek out the window, if, if you're not scared of peeking out a window at, at 30,000 feet, and you look down from that airplane, and it happens to be a clear and a cloudless kind of day, you look down, and especially if you're kind of flying over an arid type of area, you can see what kind of looks like these slender snakes of green cutting across the land below you. And what, what are those green snakes? They're the rivers, of course. I mean, you don't see the water from way up there. And of course, you don't hear the babbling of the river. You just see green down there, and you know, hey, there's a river down there. Those rivers are even more impressive on the ground, though, especially if that river happens to be flowing through a desert. Imagine if you're in that desert, and there's miles and miles of nothing except wilderness and wasteland and desert, and then off in the distance, you kind of see it. And, And it's not just this tiny little oasis. No, it's just this line of trees and green bushes as far as the eye can see. I mean, what a stark contrast to the browns and the tans and just the drab color of the desert. And those trees growing on the banks of that river, they're strong trees, they're fruitful trees, big, bold, bushy trees, firmly rooted in that rich, moist soil of that riverbank. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? A very simple picture. As a child of God, we are a tree. Not just any tree, though. We are like a tree planted by a river. That's what the psalmist says, like a tree planted by streams of water. If there's one thing that all trees, all plants need, it's an adequate water supply, right? Right? I mean, after all, the psalmist is talking about the holy land here. It's kind of a semi-arid environment. And when it comes to trees, or, or any plant for that matter, it really amounts to nothing more than basic agriculture. If that tree can stay in contact with a good water supply, that tree will grow, and that tree will prosper, and that tree will produce. If not, it will wither, and eventually it will die. And what is that water supply for those who, the Lord, who are the Lord's trees, according to Psalm 1. It's the word of God. Their delight is in the law of the Lord, the psalmist says. And the psalmist uses that word law, not just to refer to the laws and the commandments and the directors for our lives that the Bible talks about, but the whole word of God, including the good news, that good news of all that God has done to be our savior and to be our deliverer and our redeemer and our friend. Those who are leafy, buddy, fruit-bearing trees of the Lord are the ones, the psalmist says, who meditate on God's word day and night, who find their delight in it. That's the river from which the children of God drink. That's the river from which you and I drink. Oh, it's quite a river. Actually, that's a river that the Bible talks a lot about. 
The prophet Ezekiel, for example, he has this vision of this great river from God that brings healing and brings prosperity wherever it goes. And that vision begins and it ends with this description of the trees that flourish on both sides of that river. Psalm 36 says, They shall drink of the river of your pleasure, O God, for with you is the fountain of life. The last two chapters in the book of Revelation describe trees planted by the river of life. I mean, even in heaven, that picture remains. Being planted by water is so very important. In Jesus' parable of the sower, most of that seed that does not grow and does not produce is seed deprived of an adequate water supply. Falls on the path, falls in the rock where it doesn't get water and it doesn't grow. But the seed that grows and bears fruit, those are the seeds that receive the word of God, just like Psalm 1 describes. But then there's this, this huge contrast the psalmist talks about. I mean, those are, the, those are the trees, the blessed ones, the righteous ones, but not so the wicked. They're not like a tree, not at all. They're not like a tree that soaks up the, river of the river of, water of the river of God and bear fruit. No, very different. No, the wicked ones are like the chaff that the wind blows away. So you've got this picture of this beautiful living tree which has plenty of fruit on it and it's growing and all of God's blessings are flowing into it. And then on the other hand, you have this picture of dead straw. See, what they did at that time after the harvest came in, they would, they would throw the grain up into the air and they would have somebody with this just large fan fanning that grain as it was up in the air so that that fan would blow away the chaff. And the grain, which was heavier, that would just fall to the ground and they would scoop it up and they would take that home. But what happened to the chaff? What happened to that dead straw? Well, it just blows away. The wind just takes it away. Oh, the, the wind will tell you what kind of disciple that you are. That wind reveals a lot about what kind of blessed one you are. Jesus kind of said the same thing, didn't he? When he talked about that story, when he shared that story about the guy who built this house on sand. Remember that story? And the wind came, and the storm came and blew on that house, and down that house went. Why? Because it had no foundation, had no roots. Psalmist says, when the wind comes down, when blows against the Christian, when the wind begins to blow, and when you're really being pushed around by that wind, well, that tree may bend a little bit, and sometimes that tree bends quite a bit, but the roots are sunk deep into the stream of the living water of God, and you're not going to move that tree. That's the way it is with godly people, with righteous people, with blessed people. When we were serving in Africa quite some time ago, I had the opportunity to witness the opening of a new well in a remote village in northern Ghana. The Synod was sponsoring this project called Wells for Ghana, and the program was to dig or, or to repair uh, wells in needy villages in Ghana to give the people much-needed clean water to drink and to, and to use. And it was getting near dark that day, I remember, and, and finally the well was finished and water could be drawn from it and people were celebrating just overjoyed that they had this, that this, they had this well. 
And I was kind of standing off to the side with, with the man who was the lead in that project, Walter Herman. And down the road we saw this woman who she was coming back toward the village and she had a large basin of water on her head. So she had, she had gone down to the river, which was their normal practice since they didn't have a well in the village. It was about five miles away to get water for her family. The problem with that water, other than being almost five miles away, was that that water was full of all kinds of contaminants. It was full of probably a whole lot of parasites too. It was just muddy water. And, and that was the water that they were going to drink and they were going to wash with and cook with. And as that woman got a little closer, some of the villagers saw her coming and they ran to greet her and tell her the good news about the new well that was opened up in the village. And when she realized that she could get that water from that well, that good, clean water, she threw that water that she had been carrying for five miles off her head into the bush, and she ran up to that new well with just this biggest smile on her face. She knew where to get the good water, get to get the clean water, and she was overjoyed that she could receive it. The psalmist says that we have a place to go to drink and to be refreshed and to get strength. It's the river of God's word. And it's pure. It's crystal clear. It is clean water that tells us of the salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. It tells us that wonderful, miraculous salvation story that led to a cross but finished at an open and empty Easter grave. Oh, what a great river we have to drink from. And with that kind of river, we never have to be thirsty. We are nourished and we are fed by that water. And you could tell. You know, a tree produces leaves and it produces fruit. And those leaves and those fruit, they're evidence that that tree is growing and that tree is healthy. A tree looks like a tree, right? And in the same way, a child of God looks like a child of God. You can tell. There are tangible and there are visible results of the fact that we have been called children of God. And you can tell that a Christian is being nourished by God's word, by the life that that Christian leads, by the fruit that that Christian bears. As Christians, we are those trees planted by streams of water. And just as you can tell the river is there by the vibrant life of the trees, by the vibrant life of the believers, others can know where Jesus is. That's Christian witness. I mean, if somebody says to you, and I hope they do, if somebody says to you, you know what, you're, you're kind of different. <laughs> you live differently. You act differently. You talk differently. Uh, where can I find some of that peace and some of that joy and some of that life that you seem to have all the time? Well, you can say, I can show you. I can tell you where I got it. It's where I get my hope of salvation. And it's where I meet my Savior, Jesus Christ. It's the Word of God. And it's the river of life. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. Page 8 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, 
the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. We rise in body and spirit to pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all according to their needs. O Lord, source of all blessedness, make us content with the blessings your grace has won for us, 
that we may become the people that you have called us to be. Lord, in your mercy, help us rejoice in the gifts of your grace that continually surround us, and not to trust in ourselves or the things of this world for our peace and happiness. Lord, in your mercy, help us, Lord, to use the things of this world without tying our hopes and happiness to them. Make us responsible stewards of your gifts. Lord, in your mercy, in the midst of spiritual hunger and want, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may believe your word and live according to it all of our days. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, make wise all who lead us in this and every nation, that the poor and the weak may be protected, and the causes of freedom and justice may be served here and everywhere. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all who are sick and are in need, that they may experience the blessing of God's healing and care, and that we might be blessed to be the ones who provide that care in our Savior's name. Today, we especially remember Clyde Dempsey, Linda Keeney, Mike Brookbauer, and Alicia Fuller. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we pray that you give your comfort to Linda Taylor and her family upon the death of Linda's brother, Gary Callies, this past Tuesday. And also to the family and loved ones of Phil Hine, who died in the Lord this past Monday. Make your love known to these families at this most difficult time. And may the promises of heaven, salvation, and eternal life Give them peace and hope. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him, being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you, for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and keep you in faith and hope now, even as we await his return. Depart in peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, again in your kindness you have granted us peace, pardon, and comfort at your table of grace. Strengthen us through what we have received here, and keep us steadfast in faith and hope throughout our pilgrimage on earth, until, as invited guests, we feast with Christ the Lamb in his kingdom at the heavenly banquet. This we ask through your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. We sing together our closing hymn.